Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome into another episode of the Walk On Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Jason Frill. Alongside of me is our other host, Jordan Riddick. Jordan, how are you doing down there in the mountains? Dude, I am having a great Sunday afternoon. A great Sunday afternoon. (laughs) Why would that be, Jordan? Because, because, Jason, first of all, my fantasy team is awesome. It's okay. awesome. It helps when you have players like Devontae Adams mm-hmm. and Hopkins and mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> so, um, again, we talked about my team last Sunday and how you think I stole the draft. But nonetheless, well, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty darn good. Um but th- besides that, besides my fantasy team, I got to go to church this morning, which was cool, in person. Um, but on top of all of that, my Washington football team uh. stormed back 27 unanswered points. And that defensive front looks like a monster. So I, man... One win in the books, one of 16 games, maybe more this season, I don't know. Um, the Eagles were kind of beat up, but that team that we saw in the second, third, and fourth quarter, Jason, I am super excited about that team that I saw for three-fourths of the game. Yeah, I caught bits and pieces as I had Red Zone pulled up on my TV, and mm-hmm. they looked really, really good. And we'll talk to you on this a little bit later, but I... I like what Ron Rivera is doing with that organization. Uh, mm. and for me, Jordan. Me uh, too. <laughs> my, my Sunday was uh, not as good. Um, my, my, my football team um, uh-huh. did not You, you have, have a nickname for your team. Uh, what's, what's the nickname for my football team? Well, the Browns. I oh. don't even have a nickname for my team. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> that's that's a y'all very played good point. Like, y'all played like the Browns today, though, for sure. Uh, well, I had a guy text me that said, don't worry, Odell Beckham Jr. will help them get comfortable uh, getting pooped on. Uh, exactly. Exactly. And, which made me very uncomfortable and sad, uh, both <laughs> at the same time. Uh, they got beat 38-6, oh, to six, uh, and I'm pretty sure they gave up 27 unanswered points. So... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, not so good over on my front. But, Jordan, you did make fun of my fantasy team last week. I did. I did. And I am currently at 129.1 okay. to 89. Okay, that's not terrible. With the projection mm. of me winning 129 to 118. That's not bad, Jason. So, even who does, though... Who does that person have left playing? He had, So, that's where it gets a little nervous. Mm. Uh, he still has uh, Tyler Higby tonight, which okay. he will only get probably about seven or eight points. Would be my yeah. Guess. That shouldn't be too much of a problem. The one that concerns me is Saquon Barkley on Monday night. Now, luckily, we talked about this last week, but the Pittsburgh mm. defense is ferocious. And yeah, they're, they're that good is who defense. they're going up against, and so he will probably need to get twenty-five points out of him in order. Which to he can. Beat me. Which he can. Which he can't, and so. But I, I have, I hate to say this, but I am cheering for the Pittsburgh defense to do really well against Saquon Barkley. I don't care if the anything else. 
I hope. In fact, I hope the offense collapse against uh, mm. every other part of that game. Mm. Can I? But can I just take, hold since, you're, since you're talking about your fantasy team, Jason? Let me. Yes. Let me just brag on mine for a second. I okay. have. I have. Um, one left to play tonight. Uh, we're recording this around seven forty ish. Um, so tonight, Robert Woods is my flex going up against Dallas at eight twenty. Um, and he's the only one that hasn't played yet for me. Of the eight, excuse me, nine players on my team, or excuse me, of the eight players that have played on my team, only two have underperformed. Deshaun Watson had four less fantasy points than he was projected, mm. and he still scored 22.8. And then Darren Waller, the tight end for Vegas, scored 10.5 when he was projected 13.3. Now, let me run this down. Christian McCaffrey, 28 points. Chris Carson, 24 points. DeAndre Hopkins, 29.1 points. Devontae Adams, 41.6 points. And then the Bills defense, 11 points. And then, of course, my kicker, Will Lutz, uh, 10 points. Um, Dang. That's crazy. And let me also remind you, I have DK Metcalf, which I probably should have started at the flex. He'll probably get the start next week with 19 points. So (laughs) I can't really complain about my team. I have 178 points right now projected to have 192. (laughs) Absolutely ridiculous. I, my team scored nowhere close to you. Uh, but my quarterback <laughs> did outscore you this week. I had Lamar hey, put up 33.5 against my Browns. <laughs> yeah. And enough about fantasy football because football <laughs> breaks my heart on a regular basis. Oh, uh, I, I told my class at the start of the semester that I'm teaching that if they ever saw me depressed um, during the uh, during the uh, fall, fall season, it was because of the Browns. And so mm. I'm glad to see the Browns did not disappoint me in that area. I Absolutely. am still depressed on Sunday <laughs> afternoons. Uh, but with that being said, let's jump on into our show. We have a lot of things to hit on today. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. up front, we'll have our heavy hitters. Uh, then we're going to play one of our favorite games on the show, Foul or All Ball. And we have some really interesting topics to discuss in that segment. Mm. And then, as always, Jordan, we're going to end it with our legendary Hall of Fame-worthy segment, What Grinds Your Gears. Uh, so, oh, man. I, Hall of Fame-worthy. I, I, I think that's our that should be our new lead into that segment, Hall of Fame-worthy. Mm. But It's not in the Hall of Fame, but it's definitely worthy. It, it's definitely worthy. It, it can't, it, we haven't retired it yet, so it can't be in the Hall of Fame. That's right. That's right. But speaking of Hall of Famers, LeBron James and the Lakers look unbeatable right now. Uh, mm. Just in those final four games of their series um, against the Rockets, uh, it was almost embarrassing the things uh, and the way that they played. Um, the Rockets just could not measure up. Uh, and so we are almost completely set with the NBA Conference Finals. Only one series left to finish up, and that would be the Clippers and Nuggets series going on. Uh, but so right which, now, which has a game seven? Who who would have thought the Clippers up three one would have dropped two huge leads to these Nuggets, a team that they pretty much 
had manhandled in the first four games of that series. Um, I think it's a testament to the coaching and the, and the resolve of that bench um, for the Nuggets. But besides the point, Jason, go ahead. No, absolutely. And we can even talk about that for a second. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't think – because I want to ask about what surprises you've seen so far. But mm-hmm. in that series alone, what has surprised you most about the collapse of the Clippers? Well, uh, first of all, the Clippers are not going to beat the Lakers if they play like they've done the last two games because they obviously can't beat the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would also say that Paul George has to step it up. Um mainly on the defensive end. Everybody wants to talk about his offense, but we're talking about some guy that wants to be known as some premier defensive player. And, I mean, it. I will give him a little bit of a break. It is tough the way the Nuggets rotate in wings and guards. Uh, just in the same way that you kind of find your groove offensively by staying in the game and mm-hmm. getting the ball more, Jason, it works the same way on defense when you're guarding the same guy. Um, you, you're you just in the flow of the game. You get a better understanding of what they're trying to do. So I'll give them a little bit of pass on that. But they're, I mean, the Nuggets, especially in late game scenarios, they're scoring at will. And that's what's really stood out to me. Um, and then, of course, the they have zero interior presence that's significant enough to uh, worry anybody on the Nuggets and much less worry anybody on the Lakers. Um, here's the funny thing about the Lakers, Jason, is I think Dwight Howard may have played six minutes, five of which were garbage time minutes in that series against Houston total, not per mm-hmm. game, total. Um, and JaVale McGee started the first game, but he didn't start – Again, and then he got hurt, but it, it it really didn't matter because they didn't play him. They they used Anthony Davis at the five, and the and Houston kind of forced them into that after they won Game One. That Lakers had to play small, and I think honestly, when they moved Markeith Morris into that starting role, replacing Javale McGee, I think that honestly, Jason has unlocked this deadly lineup for the Lakers, where especially you look at a team like the Clippers where they're, they don't really have a ton of size, a lot of worrisome size. They, they have size. They have Zubats, who is, a, is just a big body down there. He's not really a part of the offensive game. He struggles defensively. Um, he can score when he has the ball down low. He, he, he works hard on the, the offensive glass. But, but other than that, Montrez Harrell, is a hard worker, but he is so undermatched physically when you talk about JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, and Anthony Davis. Uh-huh. The, the, the Clippers don't have an answer, and they certainly don't have an answer for the Nuggets right now. I expect the Clippers to go ahead and win Game 7, uh, but Jason, I could be wrong. I mean, the Clippers blew two huge leads in, in Games 5 and 6. It's one of the toughest things to do, Jason, is close out a game. It's very tough to close out a game uh, in any series. And the Nuggets are young and resilient, and they don't want to go home. Um, So they're gonna. The Clippers are gonna have to find a way to to put somebody home. And and I do want to point out that Kawhi Leonard is balling out. Um, Mm -hmm. He's he's keeping that team afloat and nearly pushing them over the edge every game. But he has to he has to find some help. He's got to find some help. Yeah, and I think 
I think I have to speak for both of us when we look when we're looking at that Western Conference right now. Whether it's the Nuggets or the Clippers who come out of that game seven, uh, mm-hmm. they're both going to get defeated by the Lakers. And I'm not going to say they're going to get swept, but if it's not a sweep, it's a five game series. Uh, because mm-hmm. right now the Lakers just look unstoppable. And like you said, that new li- uh, starting lineup, that new rotation mm-hmm. really seems to be clicking and unleashing mm-hmm. uh, their full potential this far into the postseason. Now switching over to the Eastern Conference, um, I, I cut you off because I know we could spend uh, all episodes. And I had like three more points lined up. I was going to talk about Rondo and that second unit and how he has how he's come back. It's resurgent. So anyway, but yeah, yeah. let's move on to the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> yeah, because I think looking at the two uh, the the two conferences, this is the more intriguing matchup of the two. Uh, oh yes, because yes. in reality, it's the matchup built by Philadelphia 76ers. Mm. When you think about it, just the way that they have shipped off players and changed rosters and acquired players from both of these teams. um, The 76ers had a huge hand in giving both of these teams an opportunity to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. And so Mm -hmm. you're looking at it, you have the Boston Celtics going up against the Miami Heat uh, with Jimmy Butler playing out of his mind. Uh, But you Mm -hmm. also have somebody like Kemba and... uh, Honestly, the whole Celtics team is just playing as a great unit. Um, And they're going to be going head-to-head. What do you expect from that series? Jason, um, I I think with any series, what it really – like there's some outliers in in one or two games. But I think really it comes down to the matchups of your closing lineups. And one thing I really – from the Heat's perspective – if they want to win this series, Bam Adebayo is going to have to eat up Daniel Tice. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of respect for Daniel Tice. He's a he's a pro. Uh, he's he's making money. He's in the league. Props to him. Um, but I, I just I think this is where the buck stops for the the Celtics. This is the weakest part of their team. Uh, they are great. Perimeter defense is good. Uh, their guard play with Kemba and Smart. Smart is picking it up offensively. He's hitting threes at a good clip these playoffs, which is very good. Tatum and Brown are playing effectively with with Tatum budding into some kind of superstar that he that everybody knows he can be. The weakest part of their team, defensively and offensively, is going to be that center position. Um I just they they put in this guy Williams uh, for some rotation minutes. Uh, him and Tice got in some big foul trouble, and they had to end the game with Grant Williams, a rookie, uh-huh. uh, who blew two free throws, nearly cost them the game against the Raptors. Uh, but Tatum came up with a huge offensive rebound. But again, for the Heat, they have to look to Bam out of bite because I think if you look down the lineup, I think everywhere's a push uh, when you look at all of the up and down the lineup these teams i think another key point for the heat would be probably um jimmy butler's closing ability against the much better wing defenders um and this is not to take away from the bucks but the way that the bucks defended jimmy butler will be a lot different than the way that i expect that this the celtics to yeah um 
a lot to look forward to in that series. Let's move on to the NFL where the Kansas City Chiefs uh, dominated in their opening game. We talked a lot already about the Sunday matchups that we watched from earlier. Uh, Mm -hmm. But going back to Thursday, uh, two playoff teams faced off in the opening night of the NFL. Mm-hmm. And the Kansas City Chiefs, honestly, they just wiped the floor with the Houston Texans. Both of these uh, are, are teams that we said were going to be good this year. Uh, we both mm-hmm. had uh, Houston winning their division. Uh, we de- we both easily had the Chiefs winning theirs. Um, but after watching that game, do you think that the Chiefs are now the early Super Bowl favorite? I mean, yes. Do you feel the same way? You see, I'm torn, Jason. I, I, I just know. I feel like I feel like, especially after watching the games today, like yeah, the the Seahawks had a great game, and you know Baltimore tore up the Browns, but I I just don't see a flaw in the Kansas City Chiefs offense, especially with the way Clyde Edwards Elaire played, um, and mm. they were willing to hand that ball off. There's just not a hole in the Chiefs, and and if the Chiefs can create some defensive chemistry down the stretch like they did last year. I mean, they're going to end up in the Super Bowl again. Um, another another thing I want to point out, Jason, and I want your take on this too, uh, you see with the Hopkins trade, uh, Houston uh-huh. ends up – it wasn't it, – it didn't end up looking like a blowout, but it, it, we all know it was a blowout. They had a couple garbage time touchdowns to make it look close. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm going to say Houston ends up getting blown out by Kansas City and – the team Hopkins, go, Hopkins goes to Arizona ends up beating San Francisco, who we had that, at thirteen and three, right? And who also was in the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. So what does that what does that tell you about Houston? Um, I, I I have a lot of faith in what Deshaun Watson's doing, but I think their offense was very much around Hopkins, and so when you lose a player like that, you have to rework your whole offense. And I think we saw those struggles played out on the field Thursday night. My concern, and I agree with you on the fact that the loss of Hopkins is huge, and I think there's a lot of disorganization within the Houston Texans. But my concern is crowning a Super Bowl champion and a Super Bowl favorite on a week that is really just the first time any of these teams are getting an opportunity to play at game speed against another competition. And we can talk all we want about how preseason games really aren't real games and how like, they only go out there for two drives or one drive, depending on, on the week, sometimes no drives for like week four. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same point, there is something to be said about game speed mm-hmm. and getting that just on-field time and getting that chemistry, building that connection, seeing uh, – a scheme that you may not necessarily be seeing in practice, a defensive scheme that is, and even an offensive scheme for that for that matter. Uh, and so it, it's hard for me to put too much weight into these week one games. And mm. I, I understand as, and I'm not just saying that as a disgruntled Browns fan, uh, I'm saying that as somebody who has watched today and seen a lot of uh, just, things that I didn't expect to happen happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I don't want to put too much weight into these week one games. And I know the Texans are going to be a good team and they'll probably end up winning the division, especially since I thought the Colts would 
uh, be a lot better than losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars today. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> yeah, that was. I tried to t- I tried to tell you last week. Uh, Indianapolis is not all that they're cracked up to be. And I, I, I think Rivers would have a bigger role there, but well, he he threw for almost 400 yards, but they still lost. So yeah. and Minshew played very good. He's playing for his job. Um, and so mm-hmm. it, it showed one team was out there with all these great expectations, thought that they were going to have a walk, a cakewalk win. And, uh, it, it turned out to, to blow up in their face. Yeah. But yeah, I don't want to put too much stock into these, into this first week. I want to get two, three weeks into the season before I change my Super Bowl favorite, mm-hmm. um, because I want to see these teams as they develop together mm-hmm. and, I'm not saying that the Houston Texans are going to be Super Bowl favorites, but what I am mm-hmm. saying is I want to see all these teams after they've connected because I do think yeah. that the Ravens might actually be the better team. Um, but that's just me. Uh, moving into college football now, mm-hmm. uh, we had our first week of Power 5 football, and the ACC – uh, most was pretty much all in conference. Uh, and the Big 12 is kind of where I want to focus on to start here. <laughs> they looked like a dumpster fire. Uh, their bottom half, excluding Iowa State, I, I think that loss was inexcusable. But uh-huh. but Texas dominated and Oklahoma dominated. So I think the I think you see two three losses to to – not not so good schools um mm-hmm. and you kind of you may get tricked into thinking oh well the big 12 may not be good well that, that's three teams in the big 12 that may not be good uh there there's 10 other teams in there so well, we've already so, been arguing that the big 12 like that's been an argument for several years that the big 12 isn't good enough to compete do you think that's what this is or do you think this is just kind of a week one type thing like we talked about for the nfl i mean you just pointed it out it's it's one week um and and I'd also like to say that we we haven't seen everybody yet. Um, uh-huh. so it, it's kind of tough for the Big Twelve because you know they, they're going to play these these one games you know out of conference and, and it, it's not a good look. Um, but as for like the ACC, um, we get a couple of out of out of conference games in the next week. So let's see what that looks like. Uh, you know. Th- there's lots of things to be learned from these games eventually. Um, but a, as for the whole of the Big 12, I think Iowa State was, was certainly a disappointment. Um, even though Louisiana is a very good team, Jason, we got to see them uh, play against Liberty last year. Mm-hmm. And, and they they laid a they laid a good smacking on the Flames. But um, I, I, I think in reality – like you said, it's it's one week, it's one game, and t- to further that point, it's it's three teams out of ten. Uh, so let's pump the brakes and look at the bigger picture. My concern here is this was really our only opportunity to see them outside of their own conference. Mm-hmm. Unlike in previous years, where we would get maybe two or three more games to see how they compare to the rest of the country, this was our opportunity to see what the Big Twelve was made of this year. And a lot of their middle of the road and bottom half teams laid an egg against teams that they shouldn't have lost to. Yeah. And if I'm the college football playoff committee, 
even in a drastically modified postseason, I think that needs to take weight going into the selection. Mm-hmm. And so nothing to take away from teams like Oklahoma and Texas, but the they need their competition well, I, to be better. I agree with you, Jason. If they struggle with the bottom half of the Big 12, if they're blowing them out, then then so be it. It, it is what it is, and, and they deserve – if they're supposed to win like that and they win like that, then there's nothing they could do about it. Um, it's going to be really hard to play the comparison game this year because there's not really going to be much crossover. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have a team playing against an ACC school also playing a Big 12 school, or and nobody's playing against the SEC except for SEC teams. So it's going to be really hard to gauge what's going to happen for college football, the college football playoff and bowl games because you haven't seen any of these teams cross over and play each other. or play similar opponents. So it's very hard to even fathom what that's even going to look like. So it's going to be very interesting to see. But, again, I say pump the brakes on the Big 12. Let's see what happens in the next couple weeks. I do think that my prediction of a group of five team making the college football playoff looks better after week one. Um, That being said, before we head to our first break, Clemson, uh, in the AP poll that was released today, that would be Sunday, uh, they were one vote away from the unanimous number one pick. Uh, Jordan, I watched their game the other night. They dominated. Obviously, they weren't going up against uh, a North Carolina or um, another one of the top teams in the ACC or even a Notre Dame, for that matter, for this year. Um, But is there any other team, not just in the ACC, but in the country, that's mm-hmm. close enough to compete with them this season. There's certainly teams that can compete with Clemson this year. Um, I want to see the SEC play first before okay. I can before I can say, oh yeah, Bama's going to give them a game this year. You know, I don't want to say that yet because Bama could come out and, and lose. Um, I believe they play Texas A&M their second or third game of the season, so that's going to be a really tough game for them. A team, a team in Texas A&M, the Aggies, who who are ranked, I believe, 13th. Uh, I don't know what they're ranked this week, but they were ranked 13th last week. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's very high expectations for them. That's a that's a big uh, opening couple weeks uh, in a, a game for for Bama. So let's watch because you also have Georgia and Florida, two very highly ranked teams behind Bama um, in the SEC. So. Let's give it a second. I also want to see more of of Duke, or excuse me, Notre Dame, who beat Duke la- last week. And Notre Dame struggled at times against um, that defense against Duke, but I-, I want to see more from them. Again, to go back on my point about Notre Dame a few episodes ago, I don't think there's much in them, but you know, we always got to see. Again, with North Carolina, they struggled through three quarters against Syracuse, but ended up blowing the gates out in the fourth quarter. Hopefully mm-hmm. Sam Howell, that, that game is an outlier if you're a Carolina fan. Um, but again, Jason, we need to see everybody play so that at least we can have, okay, well, I saw this team. It's going to be a big eye test this year for mm-hmm. the, the football committee, a big eye test. So it's going to be much harder as a SEC school um, – to get in this year because you're playing against just think about the three teams at the top, Florida, Georgia, and Bama. 
that's going to be a tough road. Yeah. Uh, when you have, when you may have some undefeated uh, group of five schools, when you have a Big Twelve champion, and you, when you have an ACC champion, so it's going to be really tough. It's going to be tough this season. Absolutely. And one item to note about that AP top twenty-five, and this one hurts for me to say, but we had our biggest drop in uh, college <laughs> history. football history. Uh, mm. From Ohio State going from number two to unranked in a span of mm. one week. Uh, well, Jason, we'll discuss that in a second uh, in the we, next in the next break, but that could change. It could it could change. It could and uh, might end I'm, up being the biggest jump ever. Yeah, it it would be a record-setting jump that no one would ever compare to. <laughs> no. uh, but. Yeah, we'll talk about that in our next segment as we play one of our favorite games, Foul or All Ball. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, keep on listening because we got a lot more in store for you guys. You've been listening to The Walk On Podcast. We be disturbing the peace. Working, we serving the streets. About to go ahead, go in peace. Bang, bang, leave you sleep. Tick, tick, boom. Hard body, body. And welcome back into the Walk On Podcast, where you bring, we're bringing you this episode from the virtual studios of, I don't even know what we're going to call this, Jason, but the, I think we named it two weeks ago, didn't we? I can't yeah, remember the, now. The Studio of the Mountains or something like that. Yes. The, the Mountain <laughs> Studios. That sounds like the marching band in school, the Spirit of the Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> the studio of the mountain we need to get the guy that uh does the pa for liberty to record studio of the mountains rather than well Spirit i'm of the working with the the pa group uh in two weeks so i can mm. see if i can get him to uh i would absolutely die if we got that i, would I will die. i will see what i can do i think that'd Please be a lot of that. fun Please arrange, dude we need some some sound bites for these episodes we could get some of those get him to record saying what grinds your gears or something like that that would be crazy i think that would be unbelievably amazing (laughs) or if we could get uh because we both uh have some connections to the pa announcer for the carolina panthers yes we do we do and we could have an nfl pa announcer Mm. be uh the voice of the show leading us from segment to segment. <laughs> I think that would be fun, especially once we get our roadcaster that we're trying to yes, get. Yes. Yes. If we got that, that would be amazing. Well, before we, just we get have the hot keys. <laughs> yes. Before we get too crazy, let's jump into our, <laughs> our segment here. Hey, we had, we almost ball. had a donation, but you never made that bedmo. I forgot to make that email. <laughs> oh my gosh, man, we're, we're struggling here. Uh, we will get that email set up in case you wanted to somehow to reach donate. out to us for email i don't know why would you why would you want to email us when we got a dm for instagram whatever but Which regardless nobody uses. no regardless we have this next segment foul or all ball jason you've come up with three statements to ask mm. me whether i find it foul or all ball and then i've come up with three statements for you so i'm gonna go ahead and start and say my first statement for you is that all right jason that's completely fair all right, so this one hits home for you. Um, <laughs> That's the all Browns. <laughs> the, the the Browns will miss a PAT or field goal every game this season. Foul wow, or you're, you're you're starting off with taking shots at me. I'm not sure how I appreciate that. <laughs> it's a genuine question. I thought it'd be fun. <laughs> no, um, 
I, I'm not. Uh, I'm. I'm <laughs> stumbling struggling. over this. <laughs> You're struggling. Oh man. <laughs> I'm gonna say foul, but okay. I'm struggling to give you an answer because it could be that close. And I'm saying <laughs> really foul. I, I'm saying foul because I don't think we're gonna keep our same kicker this whole year. We never do. I can't think of the last never year. Do. My, it might be since Phil Dawson was the kicker of the Browns. He was. Uh, it was Austin Siebert. Cybert. Am I saying Cybert? Sorry. Yes. My my pronunciations are not. I don't. I'm not getting a lot of practice anymore. So, uh, Cybert uh, was 0 for one on field goals and 0 for one on extra points today for the Browns. It was. <laughs> oh man. It was. They weren't even like the field goal wasn't even like that hard of a field goal. It was like a 45 mm. yarder. And, like, he made, like, a 53 last year. So that was with well within his range. Uh, so I'm going to say that it's foul, but it's going to be pretty darn close. I think we could see 13 games where the Browns don't make a field goal or, mm. uh, or, or I should say, miss a field goal or an extra point uh, this season, which pains me to say. Um, but that might be one of the weakest spots, among mm-hmm. others, of this team. Jordan, my question Jason- – Go ahead. Go ahead, Jordan. I'm looking at the box score. Maybe you can help me on, on this. Um, I know Baker started off with an interception, but y'all only punted the ball three times, and it, it and you scored six points. Um, mm-hmm. wh- what happened? <laughs> how, did, how does that work? Well, so you see, when you're in the first quarter and you go for a fake punt, uh, it shows up mm. as a running play and a fumble. So technically, our punter... Uh, now has one fumble on the year. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, this is just, I'm looking at it now and I'm laughing because it's like, what in the heck? It's a statistic you don't see very often. Here, uh, here, yes. your, here are your drives, ready? Interception, fumble, touchdown. That's a yeah, whirlwind. And then it's punt, missed field goal, end of the half. All right. <laughs> Then the second half, punt, downs, fumble, downs, punt. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, I I kind of <laughs> forgot about the Nick Chubb fumble, but we Gracious. we struggled all throughout the game. And to Baltimore's Man. credit, they are a very good team, and they mm-hmm. control the ball longer than any other team in the league. So you're you have mm-hmm. to maximize every opportunity you have, uh, and anything more than two drives without points against the Ravens uh, is deadly. And the Browns Mm -hmm. had seven or eight without points, which is even more deadly. Mm. But All right. Let's go ahead and move on to the next one. I just wanted to to go over that. I haven't watched the replay of the game yet. so Thanks for making me relive my pain. But anyway. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That's so funny. Gosh, you're taking shots at me. I might have to make you my Uh, Wolf Ranger gears again this week. uh, Maybe, maybe. But. Uh, Jordan, my first question for you, Clemson will go undefeated during the regular season. Yes, yes, 100%, all ball, sent into the 18th row of the stands. Um, Yes, from what I saw last night, and uh, again, Notre Dame showing some signs of weakness against Duke, uh, that's their best game. I, I just don't see how it happens. I, I don't so you're see telling me anybody you don't see them losing the to Syracuse or the Citadel no. or no. Boston no. College? 
No. You, you no don't have it. any of those upsets? No. No. Not at all. No. <laughs> don't not even. even close. Not even close. Jordan, all what's right. your second one for me? Jason. Jason. Ron Rivera will lead the Washington football team to more than six wins. More than six wins this season. So if the over was 6.5 on the wins, you would take the over. Well, you see, Jordan, here's their schedule. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it with you. They go up against the Cardinals. Next week, then who the just Browns. beat the 49ers. Yeah, so that's a loss. The Browns, which is <laughs> I a think we up. win that one. <laughs> I think we win that one. It's a, I'm going to say a toss-up. Man, that's going to be a fun episode to record. Absolutely. After, that's a 1 o'clock game. We need to do it immediately following. Forget the 4 Sunday, o'clock games. Sunday, September 27th. Y'all get ready. Man, that's going to be a fun episode. We might record. do a whole episode just based on that game alone. <laughs> I don't think we would have anybody listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we'd probably have everybody listen because that's where all of our fans are located. That's true. That's true. Um, oh, man. But you guys also, you guys have to play the AFC North this year, which is mm-hmm. very difficult. And then you have to go out to the NFC uh, West. West, which mm-hmm. is even more difficult than that. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm going to say foul because you guys have quite possibly one of the most difficult schedules in all of the NFL. And I love what Ron Rivera is doing mm-hmm. with that organization. And I think you guys are on the brink of a massive turnaround. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. you looked at that defensive front. I think Dwayne Haskins uh, will be a quarterback into the future. I'm not saying he's the quarterback of the future, but at least mm-hmm. into the future. Uh, and I, I think you guys have just enough talent where you guys can start to make that turn. But for this year, because of the way your schedule plays out, I mean, you guys have to face the 49ers and then the Seahawks in back-to-back weeks right after playing the Steelers, which yeah. is yeah. that's a gauntlet. Uh, that's a tough. That's a tough stretch. I, I would. I would counter that, Jason. Even though this is not my question. Um, yeah, and George, just why are you even answering just, this? This is <laughs> not. Just to, your just, I just want to see your. Let opinion me have here. the spotlight, Jordan. Let me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, of the games that are toss up, are week three at Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I would even put. Maybe depending on how the Rams play, I want to see the Rams play tonight against the Cowboys, but they did not have a good season last year. I'm not going to put that game in the toss up category yet, but they might end up there in in a second at New York toss up against them week six. Um, and then again, week nine, New York at Detroit week 10 and then Cincinnati. That's going to be a good stretch coming off the bye week week eight, uh, New York, Detroit, Cincinnati. Um, and then, uh, you, just like you said, the gauntlet at Dallas, Pittsburgh, and San Francisco, three straight road games. And then to come back home to Seattle. But then you end the season with Carolina, Philadelphia. If they could win one game of the Dallas, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Seattle, I could see them with seven wins. So wow. that'll be interesting. But they have to win a gauntlet game, and that gauntlet yep. is... A- it's a tough one. That's probably the most the most difficult gauntlet of any team. I think in of football I think of any of the games. Think of any of the games that they would maybe win. Um, actually, I'm not going to speak on that because I almost said San Francisco, but I want to see Dallas. Just like I want to see the Rams play, I want to see Dallas play tonight as well. So, and that'll be on Thanksgiving. So, 
it's always a good game when when they play on Thanksgiving. So we'll see what happens. Well, that wasn't even your question, and yet you still took it. But anyway, <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> the my question for you, Jordan. But maybe I'll have to answer this one, so we're at least even on questions answered. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I'll answer the one after because that one pertains okay. to me a little bit more. Um, okay. But. Uh, the Eastern Conference Finals between the Celtics and the Miami Heat will go to a Game Seven, foul mm. or all ball. I, I surely hope so. That'd be that'd be awesome. The the Game Seven that we um that we got for the the um Celtics Raptors series was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up going right down to the wire, which is what you love for any type of game seven, any sport really. Um, but, but I'm gonna say foul on this. It's it's not often that you you see, you know, game seven is an outlier. That's why it's so fun. Not every series goes seven games. Um, so even even when even when the teams are close, even when they're in a bubble, um, I I say that. Um, probably I'm going to take the Celtics in six this series. Okay. That's totally fair. I can't answer that question because I already told you which one I was going to answer. So, <laughs> okay. Moving so on let's go ahead. One. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead. To the last one from, from me to you, Jason, LeBron will win finals MVP. Jordan, much like all of his blocks on Russell Westbrook, this one is all ball. Um, it is he he is in just another gear right mm. now and we always talk about how well LeBron can take care of his body but this man literally had three months of rest going into the postseason mm-hmm. and so he didn't he's not coming off of the grind of an NBA season he's <laughs> literally going from that grind to a huge, resting period and is coming out completely fresh and extremely motivated. He looks mm-hmm. freakishly good right now. And so for me, yeah. without hesitation, that is all ball uh, because mm. <clears throat> he's the goat. <clears throat> but <laughs> that point aside, I it, it, just he based is on a what goat. I see, he is a goat. I agree. Just, he is a just goat. The, but just from what I have seen this season uh, in this uh, bubble, uh, mm-hmm. He is setting himself up uh, way above the rest of the pack as far as players um, who will win the MVP. I agree. I agree. So, Jordan, my last question for you. We didn't last touch one. on this earlier, even though this might be the biggest story in college football. Uh, mm. But my question for you, foul or all ball, the Big Ten will play this fall. Before I answer this one, I want you to define the fall for me. When does the fall cut off? The fall cuts off the end of October. Mm. So once Halloween hits, it is no longer the fall. Because mm. to me, if the I, season does still, not end when okay. the rest of the league end, when the rest of college yeah. football ends, it's not the fall. You're in a whole other I, season. I, I still think there's an all ball on this one. I think... They they may have voted today. I, I I don't know if that vote has taken place yet, but it, it definitely um, will take place in the next few days if it already hasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think they could start as soon as October 
either 10th or 17th. I think 17th is, is more likely than the 10th at this point, but um, I don't know what that's going to look like, but I think they will start before, um, before Halloween, Jason. I really do. I think they want to get back into this, this season because I think they're seeing all these other teams <laughs> able to operate yeah. through COVID and, um, it'll be interesting to see uh, what they do decide and, and whether or not the Pac-12 tries to get in on the action as well. Yeah, I, I, I have fewer hopes for the Pac-12, but for the Big Ten, I think I agree with you on this one. I think it is an all-ball situation. Just You look at the success that college football has had so far in maintaining these, these bubbles and being able to actually play a even just the first few weeks has been a success uh, and right. you still have yet to see any outbreak of any sort. And mm. so I, and Jason, am... if they decide, if they decided today, that would give them, if they started on the 17th of October, that would give them a whole month of a second training camp, I guess you would call it, mm-hmm. um, which is plenty of time in my opinion, considering that they also practiced <laughs> all the way leading up to the decision to not play. Um, so, so I think there's plenty of time, uh, give them a month and I think they can do it if they want to. I think they can. I, I really hope so. My, my, my up question. Okay. Even though they're starting mid October, could a big 10 team qualify for the college football playoff? I'm not even going to say uh, Ohio state or which team, but could a team just a team, a team. Uh, here's the, here's the thing, Jason, the, the timeline will be key here because let's look at the calendar. So let's say, for example, they started the 17th, one, two, three. Now we're at Halloween, the 31st. Now into November 7th this is the four, five, six, seven, December 5th, eight, nine, 10 to the 19th i'm not sure when the date of the um college football uh semifinals are maybe you could look that up as i'm talking i'm doing Um, that right now but you could do an eight game schedule eight game big 10 schedule have two bye weeks and complete a season jason eight games is not a ton compared to the other leagues but you know you give up a month uh, you give up those four games. I think they could do it. Um, and Would they, they have time to do schedule. a conference championship game? Again, depending on the schedule. It would depend on the schedule. And maybe that is the sacrifice they would have to make for for making this decision, just having a regular season champion. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's very fair. I'm interested to see how that plays out. The internet is telling me that the conference – Excuse me, the college football playoff semifinals will be taking place on New Year's Day. So they have so, some time. Mm-hmm. So if you played a championship game on the on the 26th, it'd give you a week if you were selected um, to prepare for the college football playoff. So but I, the I selection show takes place on the 20th. Mm. So you would have to finish by the 19th. Yeah. So okay. that creates well, the that's the date. To be done. That's the date right there. Well, we will have to see how that plays out. Fingers crossed, because I want Ohio State back. Yeah, that would definitely be a good look for for y'all because 
man, I, I want to see the Big Ten or the top of the Big Ten playing this season. Uh, with all that said, we have one more segment, uh, but we're going to take a quick break to gather our thought, our thoughts and, and our, our minds, farts. set our minds straight. Yeah, our farts. Gather our thoughts and, and get our minds straight for what grinds your gears because it's the best, greatest, and as Jason says, Hall of Fame worthy segment in all of podcasts. You're listening to the Walk On Podcast. Tick, tick, boom. You can't stop me, so who gon' stop me? Welcome back into this episode of the Walk On Podcast. Once again, my name is Jason Pro. Alongside of me is Jordan Riddick. Uh, from what we are kind of calling this, the Studio of the Mountains, um, lo- located in both Lynchburg, Virginia, and Boone, North Carolina. We're through two thirds of our episode, leading into our Hall of Fame worthy segment. Everyone's favorite. It's viral on Twitter. It is world-renowned. We've had calls from presidents, from uh, vice chancellors of other countries just begging us to be featured on this segment. Uh, it's And you are really selling it today. Taking over the world, honestly. You're in prime uh, form this afternoon. <laughs> vote for it on November 3rd. Uh, <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> What crunch your gears this election period, but that's a whole different conversation <laughs> for another day. Oh man. Oh All right, Jason, wow. do you mind if I start today? <laughs> Please go ahead. I gotta stop laughing. Man, Jason, what grinds my gears what grinds is them? how I long today grinded my gears. Oh the, this is not indicative of my entire week. I just just happened today. He came on at the post-game show of, of the Washington football team's game and gave no credit to the Ron Rivera-led team. No credit. In hmm. fact, he went so much so to say that the only reason why the Eagles lost is because they passed the ball deep too many times. That's wow. the only reason he gave. He gave zero credit to the team, and that just rubbed me the complete wrong way. I... It really grinded my gears, and how long has been on TV for far too long, and, and clearly still doesn't know what he's talking about. He needs to go. Fox should do better. I was gonna say how long has been in the game for a long time. I remember when he was back on NFL, the NFL morning show on ESPN, mm-hmm. that they always bragged that coordinators and scouts would watch. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Let's, yeah. Okay, Sal Palantonio. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're good, but you're not that good. But Right, come on, get out yeah. of here. Yeah, that is yeah, – yeah, at least have to give some credit to the Washington team who scored, what was it, 27 answered, unanswered? 27 unanswered points. Yeah, you got to give them some credit for that. Eight sacks, two interceptions, and a fumble recovery. Those are some good defensive numbers. I might have to pick them up. Maybe I think they scored 16 fantasy points this week. Oh, I could use that. I could use them. <laughs> yes, you <Big> could. <time. laughs> oh man, uh, Jordan, you want to know what grinds my gears? What grinds your gears, Jason? It's not you for once. Oh man, man, it's a good week then. 
Yeah, <laughs> he didn't do anything yet this week. It, it could change yeah. by the end of the episode. Uh, yeah, but really I might actually take a, a shot at someone today. Oh, man. Let's hear it. Jordan, what grinds my gears is clout chasers. Mm. And Gotta I'm specifically talking to a man who goes by the pseudonym of Sir Yacht. On Twitter and on all his social media. (laughs) Sir Yacht, you need to shut up. You know (laughs) nothing about what is going on in those college football Big Ten meetings. Every single day you have posted, a new team is voting. Yes, it's going to get passed. Let's start football. You have unsuccessfully predicted the start of the Big Ten season every day for the last month. Claiming that, that your source within the Big Ten has said that they're all voting yes and we're playing football this year. You don't know Jack Squat. At this point, your source is just is mocking you. He's sending you false information knowing that you're going to share it online because all you care about is clout. You have exactly. no care over facts. If you did, you would find a second source to support that first one because that's true journalism. That's how you do journalism. Not, Speaking. I had one guy who's a janitor of the Big Ten say that he cleaned up the <laughs> a meeting. janitor the, at the Big Ten offices. <laughs> and he, he saw the meeting notes as he was cleaning up those offices, and he saw that a couple teams were going to be voting. Yeah, that's, that's crap. You know nothing. Just claim it. Own up to it. Don't come at people when they call you out for it, because right now you're making a mockery of yourself, of the Big Ten, and of journalism. We don't need any more mockery in general. I want to be able to get a career. And when people like you do stuff like this, it makes it harder for people coming out of college to get jobs. Exactly. So, Sir Yacht, stop chasing clout and know your role as a comedic fill-in for some for uh, whoever is actually good at comedy. Because you're not. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Man, Sorry, I, Jordan. That was, no, that was pretty good, Jason. That was good. I have been holding that one in for quite some time. And I know I have some friends of the show who are big fans of Sir Yacht. And I know this might possibly get back to him. But honestly, (laughs) he might share it. And maybe we'll get clout for it. Let's see it. (laughs) Let's see it. it. Sir Yacht, if this gets to you, share this episode on your timeline trashing us. You won't. You won't. Do it. You won't. I challenge you to trash us on your Twitter page. I challenge you because I guarantee you you're going to boost our following all the more by doing so. 300%. We're going to go from 30 to 90 in a span, <laughs> on a span of one post. But Oh, wow. We're having way too much fun today. Yeah. It's a great episode, Jason. This was good. We might have to. We, we have a lot of good name opportunities from this episode, oh, too, yeah. for our episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, Wow, that was fun. I mm. I think that was one of our most fun episodes that we've had since we've been socially distanced. <laughs> yes, that was good. Uh, but so thank you everyone for tuning in. Jordan and I, we really do. We joke about uh, having a small following, but we really do appreciate each and every one of your support. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in and listening every single week, weekend and week out, even on those weeks where we fail to communicate that we're not even recording. Uh, and so thank you. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you for sticking with us through all of that. We're sorry. I, we're, we're so sorry. So, we're, 
right. so sorry. We're, we're still trying to figure out the social media stuff. We're not good at it. We need somebody to take over that full time uh, because Jordan was off social media. I am very inconsistent in posting on social media. So forgive us. Forgive me uh, for oh our lack of Wrap it up, Jason. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. I, wrap it up. I know. I know. Wrap it up. Bang, bang, Make sure to like, share, subscribe, and tell Sir Yacht that we trashed him on the air today. Uh, thank you once again for listening to uh, another riveting episode of the Walk On Podcast. Tick, tick, 